Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Hey, Byron, thank you so much for joining our podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I've had the opportunity, you and I had a chance to chat a little bit before getting on the podcast. And I've also watched a couple of your videos and was really intrigued by your story and what has led you to be this expert on burnout prevention. Can you tell us our listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. For the last decade, I've had the opportunity to work with people in 15 different countries, ranging from CEOs to executives and business leaders. And we've really been focusing on getting them to perform at the highest level. And I find a lot of the time people get pushed into a cycle where the long days, the stress, the overwhelm starts to deplete their energy, their bandwidth and their focus. And what really took me down this path is when I was first growing my business, I had released my first best-selling book. I was working with people from around the world. I had all these exciting things going on. But because I was working endless hours, I was pushing myself to the limit to get everything done. I reached a point where I was absolutely exhausted. I remember some days just getting out of bed was a battle. And I found that the more burnt out I became, the more I struggled dealing with stress, managing the pressures of growing a business. And it just took its toll. Everything suffered from my mental health, to my gym performance, my relationships. And I got to a point that was so bad that I realized I can't carry on this way. Either I'm going to have to quit the business and go do something else, or I'm going to have to figure out how to get this under control. So I spent the next few years studying psychology, mindset, high performance, changing behaviors, really trying to figure out how you can sustain success. Because for me, it's all about how do you do it long term? Because anyone can push for a short period. But once I figured that out, then I really shift my focus to help other people. And when you have the tools to be able to manage stress and have the tools to be able to create better balance, it's interesting how much more we can, I would say, add on to our plate or take what we currently have and achieve it in such a high performance. I can relate a lot to what you're saying. This past year, I was writing a book, going to school, running a business, and then being a mom to five-year-old twins. And a lot has been piled on over this past year. Without the right tools, I probably would have experienced burnout multiple times. But because of having the tools, I was able to still perform at a very high level. That's probably also what you're doing as well, because I know your business is growing and you've written multiple books, and yet you're still thriving and not burning out anymore. Yeah, I think it really comes down to having the awareness of what's going on. And I also want to clarify, in my opinion, what burnout actually is. It's become such a mainstream topic, and I find that most people confuse it. Everyone thinks of burnout as you've been working really long hours and you're tired. So the advice that they give is go on holiday, take a break, and everything will be fine. And for someone who's just been burning the candle at both ends and pushing a bit too hard, that's why they can come back refreshed and feeling great. But if you're extensively burnt out, that little bit of time off isn't going to help. Because as soon as you come back, you're in the same situation. And I find a lot of the time, the real root cause of burnout is when someone's lost sight of what they're doing. Because this was one of the big problems I had in my business. And I've seen with so many different clients, they start their venture or their career or whatever they want to do with this big vision. They want to change the world. They want to help people, whatever that impact looks like. 
But then they get so stuck in the trenches that every single day is firefighting, dealing with problems, trying to overcome challenges. That's a battle just to get through. They lose sight of what they're doing and why. And then when you combine that and compound it with long hours, endless deadlines, everything else you need to do, your body gets pushed to the limits. And that's why time off alone doesn't fix the problem. On a deeper level, you have to really reconnect and realign yourself with what is that greater purpose? What is it that excites you and what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? Because if you don't have that driving you, everything's going to be a fight to get through. That's why for me, it's a, such a holistic approach, fixing burnout of looking at your routines, how you manage your energy, really understanding what are your goals and your focus. You need all of those in harmony. Otherwise, it's just going to keep reoccurring and coming back. I can see that applying in multiple areas. If you're in a leadership position, often one of the biggest challenges in leadership is you go in your day with the intentions of, I'm going to accomplish X, Y, Z. But often what happens is people are coming at you and asking for advice and fires and all of a sudden the day gets away from you and then you're ended up working late at night. And that consistency of burning the candle at both ends can really cause that burnout. The same applies when you're... I know when I was in sales... And when you lose focus on why you're doing what you're doing, whether you're owning a business, you're in leadership, or you're in sales, and you're in the role that you're in, if you lose sight of the why behind it, then you just get caught up in the cycle. And then you start to just work to achieve your goals. But then that just becomes an endless cycle is what I'm hearing from you. What advice would you give to those out there that are going, I'm feeling burnt out. I just feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends. I feel exhausted and overwhelmed and tired. What can I do? I always start on a foundational level of breaking down, looking at, okay, what are your current routines? How are you spending your days? Where's your time allocated? And on a basic level, how are you looking after yourself? Because I find when you're really busy, the first thing that gets sacrificed is your self-care prioritizing sleep, eating the right foods, getting time to exercise. You'd be amazed at how just getting those in check can have such a big impact on the way that you think and feel. From there, the next level up is then looking at, okay, what is draining your energy and triggering this? Is it constantly being pulled in multiple directions? Is it you just being pushed every single day into fires and challenges? I find for a lot of people really getting under control, they have to set the right boundaries. You need to look at, okay, what is overstepping that and really having a negative impact? Because if you allow people just dump stuff on your plate to just come in and get you a drop everything, you have to set the right expectations. Otherwise, you're never going to get that in place. And then the final thing is going back to what I said of reconnecting with your goals. I'll give you a perfect example. With one of the clients I was working with for about 18 months, every three months or so, have a conversation where he was just feeling burnt out and he'd just be like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. And the task I'd always send him away to do is to figure out why is he actually doing this? Because in that period, he just gets so stuck in everything going on. Every single day is just trying to push and get through it. And by taking that moment to step back and be like, okay, why do I actually need to do this? It becomes so much easier to face. Because when you just have a battle and you don't know why you're facing it, it's just a slog to get through. And that's why for him and all my other clients, one thing I push them to do is every single morning start their day by getting a clear vision of what are they doing and why. What are their goals, their objective, where are they trying to get to? Because when you start your day with that top of mind, on the mornings you don't feel motivated, you're a little bit tired, you don't really want to push through. That can be exactly what you need to reignite that fire. It's about having something bigger than yourself or bigger than the challenge in front of you to actually get you to step into it. That's excellent advice. What I'm hearing from you is getting back to that why, your purpose. And when you understand your why and your purpose, that's what motivates you to keep going and moving forward. There's an exercise that I will often do in some of the very similar in the leadership trainings is 
we go through and it's very common exercise, the seven levels of why and getting down to what, when you're looking at certain goals that you want to achieve, what happens when you achieve those goals? What type of person do you get to be? What type of legacy do you get to leave behind? What kind of impact do you get to make? When you truly understand what that why is, that becomes the motivator to keep you going because it's a very fulfilling experience. You're less focused on the task and more focused on what the overall outcome that it's going to bring in the long run. And that comes also from one of my favorite books that actually sparked me into where I'm at today, which is that Simon Sinek, Start With Your Why. That's one of my favorite books. And the thing I would add into what you just said is one of the big reasons why people also get burnt out is they figure out that big why and vision, but they spend all of their focus in the future they keep visualizing or getting clear, I need to achieve this and this and this. And we've all been guilty of it where we say, once I reach that goal or that milestone or that threshold, then I'll take some time off. I'll spend more time with my family, whatever it is. But the issue is you're never going to get to where you want to be because as soon as you get close, that goal line is going to move. And that's why you have to learn to balance your big goals and ambitions with pulling into the moment and allowing yourself to slow down. The amount of conversations I have with clients where the guidance I have to give them is you have to take the foot off the accelerator. Look, it's great. I'm not telling you to lower your ambitions or your expectations for yourself, but you have to cut yourself a little bit of slack. When you slow down, that's when you can really figure out what's going on. You can get clarity and awareness, and that's going to propel you forward. Whereas if you're just in that go, go, go mentality, that's when you reactive, you make bad decisions, you really don't perform at your best. You have to have that awareness of what you're doing and how it's impacting you on a deeper level. The best ideas come from those moments when we take pauses. And you think about majority of our days, we are either attached to a computer, we're on our phone, we are engaging with people in conversations. Very rarely do we take the time to just sit in silence. Now, I've never been one to meditate. That's not necessarily the personality. I kind of struggle with it. But even just the moment of silence for 10 minutes and giving yourself that time to pause, that's when the ideas come flowing. I always laugh because my best ideas come when I'm taking a shower because there's no (laughs) distraction of the phone, no distraction of anybody else besides my kids knocking on the door saying, let us in. They're five, so they're young. But yeah, if we constantly are go, 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 and we don't take the moment to just be in the moment, we're going to be reactive versus proactive. When we take the time to be in those moments of pause, that's when the creativity and the innovation comes forward. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's the same as when you see big corporations, they set up meetings and stuff where they want to focus on innovation. And when you put people in a room, you try and force out ideas, it very rarely happens. But if you look at some of the greatest leaders of our time, and you look at their habits and behaviors, they all schedule time to go get fresh air, to go for a walk. If I use myself as an example, as an author, for years after my first book, I really want to try the next legacy book. Because my two books after that were focused on business and lead generation. And I wanted to do a book that was really pushing myself, my business to the next level. And I just couldn't think of it. I had so many ideas, none of them I was really happy with. And I kept trying to force it out. And eventually, I got to a point where I was like, we're just going to go on holiday. I'm going to turn my phone off and take a break. And three days into it, I was lying at the pool, just relaxing. And it just came into my head. I was like, that is it. I couldn't write it down fast enough. I had a notepad with me. I was just scribbling it. Came home a few days later, reached out to some people I knew. They put me in touch with the publisher. I pitched it to them. And a few weeks later, I had a publishing deal for the book. For years, I've been trying to force myself to come to that idea. And it was only when I stepped back and walked away that it came to me. And that's why for me, it's a non-negotiable every single day. At lunchtime, I take a 20-minute walk. 
I'm really fortunate where we live. There's a nice river. It's really quiet. I leave my phone behind and it's just a little bit of a break to disconnect. I can so relate to what you just said. (laughs) I've been in the mix of writing a book and I've been on the very tail end of it. And I was meeting with my developmental editor. She could tell I was frustrated. I was exhausted. I had been working on this thing for six months and I'm right at the end, but I've just got some more edits to make. And so we took a step back. I enjoy the holidays. I took two weeks off of work. I stepped away from the book and got some time to enjoy the moments with family and friends and eat a lot of delicious holiday food. (laughs) And then when I came back, all of a sudden I said, oh my gosh, I have another chapter and here's the idea. And it kept flowing and it's actually going to be one of the core chapters in the book. But it's because I took that moment to step back. Stephen King does the same thing. He says when he was writing his book before he goes to the final stages, he'll step away for 30 days and then revisit it with a fresh perspective, fresh mindset, and a more relaxed approach. I love that. And it's just because, yeah, your biggest breakthroughs come when you allow yourself to slow down. When you're stressed and you're in the moment, you're just not going to be able to think of it properly. And I know you absolutely love this. So I'll share this as an example. Truth be told, coming to the end of 2022, I was feeling a little bit burnt out. We've been pushing with this book, everything else going on. It was absolutely hectic. And I knew coming into 2023, I had to be at my best. I did something that I've never done before. I booked a trip to Cancun and I committed to leaving my phone at home. I went 17 days without email, social media, or any access to technology. My partner was with me, so we still had her phone if there were emergencies and needed to contact home or anything. But yeah, I just took a complete digital detox. And I spoke to a lot of people about it. They're like, oh, it's amazing. I'd love to do it. But like, how did you do it? Was it not uncomfortable? And yes, it was for the first 12 hours. And then it all sailed in. It was amazing. And for me, my headspace is always going up all over the place with work-related issues. And for the first time in eight years, I actually switched off. And I just, throughout the day, think, oh, I haven't thought about work for a few hours. And I stopped worrying about problems. And I was actually present in the moment. I was there with my partner. I was engaged in conversations. I was just feeling more of life. And that's become my new non-negotiable now. The phone is off anytime we go somewhere, even if it's just out for dinner or if we go on a weekend break or a night away, not just extended holidays. And something I really advise everyone to do, because we were talking about this before we started recording, the social media world, and you're always switched on and you're always pulled into it. And I think we really need to take that step back because you don't realize the impact it's having on your body on a physiological level. Whenever you're going in there and you're scrolling and you're thinking at work and email, all of that impacts your cortisol levels, your stress levels and everything else, which has a long-term impact on your mental health, your headspace, and how you feel on a day-to-day basis. Planning an event with a specific goal in mind? Are you looking for a high-content speaker with a motivational style? Interested in how to re-engage your employees? My clients know the power of developing the grit, resilience, and courage to thrive in a complex and changing market. After a highly successful career as a Fortune 500 sales leader, I now share strategies on leadership development, change management, and burnout prevention. To discuss keynote speaking, corporate programs, or individual consulting, go to daniellecobo.com and let's talk about how I can make a difference in your business. There's actually a lot of research, and you've mentioned to it, the research that goes into the stress levels that increase when we are burnt out. But there's research that also shows the addictive behaviors around cell phones and devices and social media. There are a lot of benefits of social media. I'm on social media all the time because of my business, but it's during specific times during the day. And 
people will often ask, I feel like you never answer your phone in the evenings. And I said, and you're right. I most of the time don't because between the hours of 4.30 and 7.30, my attention is focused on my kids. And I find that just like you, what you were saying when you went to Cancun is leaving the phone behind. I leave my phone in the other room. I'm not tempted to grab at it when a text message goes off or anything along those lines. I am focused in the moment with my family. And when I was working in corporate, people would say, well, isn't it annoying carrying two phones? No, because my work phone stayed in my office after hours and on the weekends, it didn't need to be with me all the time. I wasn't an ER surgeon, so I want to be mindful that there are some jobs where you have to, but taking the time to disconnect can really have lasting effects on our emotional, mental well-being and preventing burnout. I absolutely love that. I do the same thing. I put two phones and on my personal phone, I don't have any email or social media because I find one of the biggest pitfalls that people really fall into is the first thing they do in the morning is they pick up their phone and they check their email and social media and there's never anything good there. When you go on your email, it's always problems, it's challenges, it's tasks that need your attention. And when you start your day already reacting and firefighting mentally, you're just setting yourself up for a day of overwhelm. Because if you're already in that high stress state, it compounds. And the way I always describe it in my own content is you manage it as like a gas canister. You start your days looking at email, being reactive. Then you have that difficult meeting, that challenging conversation. You have all of these things to get done. And it just builds up inside until there's no space left. The pressure's too much and it explodes. And this is often why you might be going about your day And something happens and you just get completely triggered. You get emotional, you lose your temper, you get angry. And then later on, you're like, I don't even know why that got to me. And the reason why it happened is everything else compounded and it pushed you to a point where you were thrown over the edge. And this is why I'm such a big believer. You need to start your day focusing on you. And then you need to take regular periods throughout the day to recalibrate where you allow yourself to slow down. You stop, you breathe, you go for a walk, you reset your intention. That's how you really keep under control. Because I know for a lot of people in corporate, they can't just go for a walk every time they get stressed. But you can take a 60 seconds between tasks just to slow down and breathe. Just to allow yourself just to calm down, ease, and then figure out, okay, what's next? Stop just rushing everywhere and you'll feel a lot more in control. What I'm hearing from you is being intentional and being intentional not only about the first part of your morning, being intentional about recalibrating throughout the day. And I also want to add to the end of the day as well. I often say, protect your first and last hour of your day. The first hour of your day is setting the intention of the day. So as you're saying, if you're waking up in the morning and you're looking at your phone and you're looking at all the must-dos, the challenges that are going on that you need to address, you're starting your day with overwhelm. You're starting your day of thinking of all the different tasks that you need to do. Instead of giving that first hour to wake up, to enjoy your morning cup of coffee, to go for a brisk 15-minute walk, to say good morning to your significant other and your kids and your family, your friends, whatever that is. And the same applies for the evening. Often people will lay in bed and they'll be on their phone. And then all of a sudden an hour goes by and they're going, well, why am I not tired? Or why do I feel more anxious in the evening? Well, it's because you're reading news articles that are talking about all the problems that are going on in the world, or you're getting on social media, all of the stuff that's coming up on social media. And then you're restless that night because you fall asleep with anxiety or fear of uncertainty because of what we're seeing on our phones. And that's not creating healthy sleep cycles as well. Ultimately, everything you just described comes down to setting the right boundaries, not just with other people, but with yourself. Because we're our own worst enemies here. Through all habits, we just pick up our phone and start scrolling without even thinking about it. And that's why I love what you described before, where 
people can't contact you between half four and half seven because you're with the kids. That's a case of you need to figure out, okay, what is draining my mental bandwidth and energy? And how do I put a boundary in place to stop it from happening? Which in your situation is leave the phone in the other room. You have to remove the triggers. And this is why it's so important to just do a life audit, really figure out, okay, what is draining my energy? Where am I stressed and getting triggered and just break it down and then look at, okay, what healthy habits and behaviors do I need to implement? And then you have to push yourself to follow through with it. And this is where going back to my example of me not accessing my phone for 17 days, I left it behind. Because I knew if I took it with, even though I've, this is what I do for a living, it's like that high performance focus. I know there's going to be that temptation just to check it. Let me just look at nothing's wrong and needs my attention. I'm just going to make sure I can't do it. And when you put that barrier up, it makes life so much simpler. If people take one thing away from this, it's just really figuring out how do you not be your own worst enemy here? Because it's often the expectations and standards we're trying to hold ourselves to that are setting us up for failure. And for those of you that are listening, if you are, I know there's a lot of listeners here that are in sales and we can relate being entrepreneurs. A lot of your business is related to you being there in the moment. But when I was leading my team, I would encourage them, do not bring your computer with you when you go on vacation. There are so many resources, either your manager or people on your team that can support your customers and your clients while you're gone so that you can truly disconnect. I often would receive emails from people on my team while they're on vacation. And I respond back saying, stop emailing, go enjoy the beach. And we got it covered. But if you put those resources in place before you go, then you can truly disconnect. And it's so important that we do. That goes back to being intentional though. And I did a post on this after my trip where I took the time off sharing the way that I was able to do it was I knew, okay, I'm going to take this period off where I'm going to be unavailable. What needs to happen for me to be able to do that? Three to four weeks out, I communicated to clients saying, I'm going to be away. Anything you need in this period, let's make sure you're set up so you can do whatever you need to without me there. I also then looked at, okay, what tasks do I need up and running? So I don't need to handle it. I scheduled all my content from the 9th of December until the 2nd of January, all of my emails. I made sure everything that needed my attention was set up. And then the final thing that I did going to the final two weeks was I was planning my days with the objective of what do I need to get done by next Friday to be able to switch off and step away. Because a lot of people, they just try and ram things in and they're rushing around. Whereas if you guide your focus by really thinking out, okay, what do I need to get done? that's going to make sure that you're prioritizing the right things. And this is advice I give to clients as well. If they're struggling with work-life balance or they want time off with their family, go into your day, really prioritizing, okay, what do I need to be able to get done by the end of the day? So you're not looking at the clock at 10 to 5 and just having this endless to-do list just feeling, I still need to work hours more tonight to catch up. Because it's often a lack of prioritization and focus in the right place that's causing those issues. This is something that I can 100% contest to when you're talking about intention. Every single morning I look up, I've actually got my day book right here in front of me. And every single morning I say, okay, what are the top three priority tasks that I've got to take care of? The most got to be done by the end of the day. And then at the end of the day, I think of what are the top three things that I get to complete the next day? And if there's things that come up in the interim, I can maybe go, okay, well, maybe I don't need to get that done today. I'm going to prioritize that for a different day. But as I think of anything that's coming out of this, our discussion today, it's be intentional, be intentional in putting systems in place, setting boundaries in place so that you are able to prevent burnout. 
the one thing that I'm hearing from you, and this is what I pretty much know that you're doing, is the reason why you're able to do that is you're slowing down. Because mm-hmm. when you get derailed, because we all do, you can have the best plan in the world and something can come up. The reason why you can move it to the next day or another period is because you allow yourself to stop and think, okay, this has happened. This is what's going on. How do I then readjust or prioritize elsewhere? Whereas most people don't do that. They just get overwhelmed. And one thing I talk about a lot with clients is 99% of the time when someone tells me they're overwhelmed, it's because they're underplanned. And the amount of conversations I've had with someone's coming in and I've got so many things to do, I've got all of these things going on. And the advice I give people, get a pen and paper and write down everything you need to do. By actually putting it down in front of you, you can consciously disconnect it. And then you can look and be like, okay, these are the seven things I need to get done. Work through it one by one. Be like, what action do I need to take? What support do I need? How do I need to fix this? And you'll just have a game plan there that seems manageable. But when you have seven different ideas racing through your head, you can't make sense of it. And that's why you're scattered all over the place. And people think when they're really busy and overwhelmed, they can't slow down and plan. But that's when you need to do it the most. And this is something I've seen from corporate level to CEOs and business executives across the board. This is not a challenge just for one group. We all have this tendency. And that's why it goes back to that awareness and intention and just allowing yourself to figure out what's going on. And I want to add to this before we wrap up today's episode is set that time aside to write down specifically what are the tasks to do and drag them into your calendar as well. Because a lot of times I will see people that will write down, this is the list of things that I need to do. Or I will say get to do because need puts pressure on us. Get to is something to look forward to. These are all the tasks that I get to do. If we're not carving out the time on our calendar to complete the task, then those to-dos are just piling up and piling up. And all of a sudden, we have a list of 50 things that we get to do, but not enough time to do it. As you're saying, it's looking at prioritizing it, really focusing on what's most important. And to add to that is scheduling the time on your calendar to complete that task. Spot on. The one thing I would throw into that as well, and very few people think about this, and what really gives people an edge when it comes to high performance is also factoring what your energy like need to be. Because a lot of people just look at their day and they're like, oh, I've got time there. I'll work on that report then. But let's say you have a big, intense meeting. You know it's going to be a big, deep conversation. And then directly afterwards, you've locked into your calendar that you need to do some deep work, look at facts and numbers and figures. You're not going to do it. Well, you're going to get there and you're going to be unfocused and all over the place. Or something that could take you 20 minutes is going to take two hours. And this is why I always encourage people, when you're planning and scheduling, you need to know when you're in a state of flow, when do you perform at your best, and when do you feel most energized, and you need to structure your days around that. That's how you get more out of your time. And it's also how you prevent yourself burning out, because if you just keep trying to push through tasks that are really high bandwidth, when you're exhausted, it's just going to make things worse. And this is why you really have to take that step back. Like, When am I likely to be able to perform this at my best, and how do I structure things based on my energy? That's how you really actually get this under control as well. Thank you so much, Byron, for all the advice that you have shared with us today. What you've shared with us is about being intentional. You shared with us about being present in the moment, calibrating time throughout the day to ensure that you're maintaining balance. There's so many words of wisdom that you shared today. And I know that our listeners are going to walk with from a lot. And I could probably talk to you for another hour. But also, gratefully, you do have multiple books that I'll include in the show notes for our listeners. So if you want to dig in more about some of the advice that Byron is sharing, I invite you go to the show notes. I'm going to include the link in there where you can purchase his books, where he takes obviously deeper dive into all of what we shared today. So thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode, 
resonating, and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.